Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, and welcome to Voices from the Battlefield, part of Waterloo Remembered. In this extract, historian Will Fletcher introduces the letters of Lady Delancey, which are read by Lucinda Finlay. Hello and welcome to this recording for Waterloo Remembered. I'm William Fletcher and today I'm joined by Lucinda Finlay and together we're going to offer um, some thoughts and uh, readings from uh, Lady Magdalene Delancey's account of Waterloo. Um, I'm going to offer some commentary and Lucinda is going to read the extracts from Lady Delancey's account, which was written sometime between 1815 and 1822, so shortly after the battle, to her brother Basil Hall. Uh, Lady Delancey's um, account is a fas- fascinating insight into the Waterloo campaign and highlights the very real human experience of war, which can sometimes be forgotten when studying the events of over 200 years ago. Uh, Magdalene Hall, as she was then, was born in 1793 into the Scottish aristocracy. She met William Delancey in November 1814, where he had been posted to Edinburgh, um, and they were married um, soon, soon afterwards at Greyfriars Church on the 4th of April 1815, shortly before Sir William departed for Belgium on the outbreak of war. William Delancey, um, her husband, had been born in 1778 in New York and was of French Huguenot descent before the family had moved to Yorkshire in England and he attended Harrow. Um, He then joined the 16th Light Dragoons in 1792 and so all of his military career pretty much um, he had been at war um, during the French Revolutionary and Napoleonic Wars. Um, Famously he served with the Duke of Wellington in the peninsula from April 1809 all the way through until 1814 with the end of the war Um, and he did not return home once during this period and he served in the quartermaster general's department as George Murray's deputy and this department was 
um, made up of professional staff officers educated at High Wycombe at the new staff college, which William had attended, and ran the operational branch of the army staff system during the Peninsula War. William had stood in for George Murray on a couple of occasions when he'd returned home as the head of the department, effectively running the movements of Wellington's entire army um, during the Peninsula War and was well regarded. Um, he was then asked to come back as Wellington's Quartermaster General when Murray was in Canada for the Waterloo campaign and took that position for the uh, Waterloo campaign running again Wellington's operational movements during uh, the 1815 campaign. Uh, Magdalene joined William in Brussels on the 8th of June and they were both present for the social life in Brussels that led up to him before the battle. Um, they were both invited to the Duchess of Richmond's ball um, but did not attend due to the fact that the war had started and Sir William was busy writing out orders that night for um, Wellington's army to move. So we're now going to hear the first of six extracts from Lady Delancey's um, account, starting with um, the news coming that evening of uh, Napoleon's movements and Delancey's uh, reactions to those. So Lucinda's now going to read first of these extracts. He went to the office and returned near 12, much fatigued, but he not, did not attempt to sleep. He went twice to the Duke's, the first time he found him standing looking over a map with a Prussian general, who was in full dress uniform, with orders and crosses. The Duke was in his chemise and slippers, preparing to dress for the Duchess of Richmond's ball. The two figures were quite admirable. The ball took place notwithstanding the reveal played through the streets the whole night. Many of the officers danced and then marched in the morning. About two, Sir William went again to the Duke, and he was sleeping sound. At three, the troops were all assembled in the park, and Sir William and I leant over the window, seeing them march off, so few to return. It was a clear, refreshing morning, and the scene was very solemn and melancholy. The fifes played alone, and the regiments one after another marched past, and I saw them melt away through the great gate at the end of the square. So after this, uh, Sir William would, the next day, uh, go forward and be at the Battle of Catrebras and involved in all the movements of the 16th of June um, between and liaising with the Prussians at Ligny and they would, Wellington and his staff including Delancey would spend the night at Genappe um, before re uh, the army would then retire to Waterloo on the 17th of June um, ready for the battle the following day on the 18th. Uh, the next reading we're going to hear is during the battle itself, um, Lady Delancey obviously hearing an account of what happened to Sir William wrote at the account, um, but essentially this takes place near Wellington's Elm, the famous tree that he had his headquarters at for most of the battle, uh, where he could see the French positions very clearly, but equally he was very exposed to French fire both from La Haye Saint and um, artillery fire. Um, and this part of the account happens at about three o'clock uh, during the battle. And this is when Durlon's corps has famously been uh, defeated and sent back by um, Picton's division and then the heavy cavalry charge. And there's a slight lull in the battle with Wellington's staff um, observing the French 
whilst near the elm tree. On Sunday the 18th of June, there was to be a great battle. It began about 11. Near three, when Sir William was riding beside the Duke, a cannonball struck him on the back, at the right shoulder, and knocked him off his horse to several yards distance. The Duke at first imagined he was killed, for he said afterwards he had never in all the fighting he had ever been in seen a man rise again after such a wound. Seeing he was alive, for he bounded up again and then sank down, he ran to him and stooping down took him by the hand. Sir William begged the Duke, as a last favour he could have it in his power to do him, to exert his authority to take away the crowd that gathered round him and to let him have his last moments in peace to himself. The Duke bade him farewell and endeavoured to draw away the staff who oppressed him. They wanted to take leave of him and wondered at his calmness. He was left, as they imagined, to die. So Sir William was then, by various different officers, extracted from the battlefield, um, many people not knowing what had happened to him. Um, including the Duke of Wellington, who wrote in his dispatch that Sir William had been killed during the battle, but he was in fact only wounded, and he was moved back to the medical station at Mont Saint-Jean in the farmhouse there, um, before uh, then being found somewhere to sort of settle down more um, permanently. Um, meanwhile, Lady Delancey had moved back to Antwerp um, for safety because of the fears of the French coming further up if the battle had been lost. Um, and here she heard the news that Sir William had been wounded. Um, and hearing this, she decided to head to try and find him um, and got back to the village of Waterloo, where she um, was in a carriage and the story picks up now about her finding Sir William. When we got to the village, Sir G. Scovel met the carriage and opening the door said, stop one moment. I said, is he alive? Yes, alive, and the surgeons are of opinion that he may recover. We are so grieved for what you have suffered. Oh, I never mind what I have suffered. Let me go to him now. He said I must wait one moment. I assured him I was composed indeed. He said, I see you are, with a smile, but I wish to warn you of one thing. You must be aware that his life hangs on a very slender hold, and therefore any agitation would be injurious. Now we have not told him you have heard of his death, we thought it would afflict him. Therefore, do not appear to have heard it. I promised, and he said, now come along. I sat down for an instant in the outer room, and he went in. And when I heard my husband say, let her come in then. I was overpaid for all the misery. I was surprised at the strength of his voice, for I had expected to find him weak and dying. When I went into the room where he lay, he held out his hand and said, come Magdalene, this is a sad business, is it not? I could not speak, but sat down by him and took his hand. This was my occupation for six days. So um, after the after this, Wellington had visited the um, had visited Sir William, and uh, Delancey was looked after by Doctor Hume um, during this time. But eventually, his condition deteriorated, and it was becoming obvious that he wouldn't survive and now um, the next part of the account uh, talks of Delancey's final moments. The surgeons returned. My husband turned on one side with great difficulty. It seemed to give much pain. After I had brought everything the surgeons wanted 
I went into another room. I could not bear to see him suffering. Mr. Powell saw a change in his countenance. He looked out and desired Emma to call me, to tell me instantly Sir William wanted me. I hastened to him, reproaching myself for having been absent a moment. I stood near my husband and he looked up at me and said, Magdalene, my love, the spirits. I stooped down close to him and held the bottle of lavender to him. I also sprinkled some near him. He looked pleased. He gave a little gulp as if something was in his throat. The doctor said, ah, poor Delancey, he is gone. I pressed my lips to his and left the room. So there Delancey, um, his final moments where he died with uh, Dr. Hume, one of the best uh, medical officers in the off uh, in the army looking after him. Um, and Lady Delancey made arrangements for his funeral, um, which we'll now hear about um, Delancey being buried near nearby. General Dundas then kindly executed all my orders with respect to the funeral, which, while, which took place on Wednesday the 28th in the cemetery of the Reformed Church. It is about a mile from Brussels on the road to Louvain. I, heard a stone, I had a stone placed with simply his name and the circumstances of his death. I visited his grave on Tuesday the 4th of July. The burying ground is in a sweet, quiet, retired spot. A narrow path leads to it from the road. It is quite out of sight among the fields and no house but the grave digger's cottage is near. Seeing my interest in that grave, he begged me to let him plant roses around it and promised I should see it nicely kept when I returned. I am pleased that I saw the grave and the stone, for there were nearly 40 other new graves and not another stone. At 11 o'clock that same day, I set out for England. That day, three months before, I was married. So there is the end of... Uh... Lady Delancey's account and she would then leave Brussels for England on the 4th of July um, heading back home. Uh, Magdalene would then remarry in 1819 um, and have three children. Um, she would go on with her new husband on a grand tour of Europe so, and her first child was born in Rome before they returned to Edinburgh and both those children born in 1820 and the third child was born in 1822 um, but unfortunately um, Magdalene died during uh, shortly after giving birth to the third child and um, so died in 1822. Um, so that's our recording for Waterloo Remembered. I think a very important account um, which offers very human experience of the events of 205 years ago. Those were the recollections of Lady Delancey introduced by Will Fletcher and read by Lucinda Finlay. And you can follow Will on Twitter at 1815Fletcher. Stay tuned to The Napoleon Assist, where more instalments of the Voices from the Battlefield series will be released throughout the day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.